Alrighty, so this is what I want to talk about this morning. First and foremost, we're going to talk about the um, story of David and Goliath. But before we get started, I kind of want to give a little bit of um, advice if you are struggling in your Bible reading. And this is something that I've been thinking about just the past couple of weeks. Me and my husband have been talking about how a lot of the times we catch ourselves, and here recently I've really caught myself, just reading the Bible as if it was a fairy tale. Not actually reading it, realizing that these were real people in the Bible. And this really did happen. This is no Cinderella hops in a pumpkin and goes off to the castle and it's something that's make-believe. But everything that is written in Scripture is true. It really did happen. These are real people that experienced a real God, just like me and you experience a real God. And so... Here are some things that I want to talk about with David and Goliath. We know that David and Goliath, David was, I want to read this and make sure I'm right. So let me kind of, let me kind of preface this really quickly. David, um, was a young boy. They say that he was 13 years old around that time. And, um, he was the youngest. So I imagine that he was like the baby of the family. You know, everybody babied him and, um, he probably didn't have a lot of responsibility in the household until he was appointed by Saul. Um, David also was, um, well, I'll say this. We don't know exactly how tall David was, but um, Bible scholars talk about how they say that Jews at that time, the Israelites at that time, were only about five six. That was like the average height of a an Israelite male at that time. Well, he was only 13 years old, so I'm sure that he wasn't even full fully grown. I'm sure that he wasn't 5'6 at that time, so he was probably under 5'6. He was 13 years old. I'm sure he hadn't hit puberty yet, so he probably was real scrawny and tiny. And I believe, I don't want to get this wrong, but I believe the Philistine Goliath had been, um, yep, every morning he had been mocking our God for 40 days. For 40 days. Well, one day... Goliath needs to bring some food to um, the army that is being mocked by Goliath. And um, David's like, wait a second. Y'all are just going to stand there and let this happen? Like, y'all are going to let him blaspheme? Y'all are going to let him just talk badly about our God? And everybody's like, David, you're so little. You're not qualified to do this. Like, what are you doing? And we all know that David gets five smooth stones. And he takes a stone and a sling, and he slings the stone at Goliath. Now, here's what I want you to think about. I just think about how, like, David threw a stone or slung a stone at Goliath, and it just barely hit him in the head, and he fell over. But no, that's not what this what the Bible says. The Bible says that he slung the stone so hard that the stone sunk into his forehead. That is crazy. That is not some little throw and you just get lucky and he gets knocked out. He knew what he was doing as a 13 year old boy and no, he was not qualified, but God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called and David was called from a very young age. All right. Then we know that David, um, took the sword out of Goliath, Goliath's sheath and he cut off the head of Goliath with Goliath's own sword. All right, so here's what I want to talk about. The Bible scholars say that he was only around 13 years old. His average height was 5'6". Goliath was 9'9". So I can just imagine David like looking up at this man 
at this giant, not even a man, a giant, and being like, I'm not afraid of you, but deep down inside, he probably was terrified. A normal sword was around two and a half pounds to four and a half pounds, and Goliath's sword was 15 pounds. So not only do you have to think about how Goliath um, had to have boldness at 13 years old being that size, but it was also kind of a miracle that he could even pick up that sword and cut off his head. Because I just imagine this tiny little boy, and he had to pick up this huge sword and cut off Goliath's head, okay? Here's what really stuck out to me, though. Out of everything in this in this passage, what stuck out to me the most was that Goliath ended the enemy's attack with the sword that the enemy carried. So what Goliath meant, or what Goliath had to destroy David, is what God used for David to destroy the enemy. All right, God used the enemy's tools, or the enemy's tool in this story of destruction to kill the enemy. All right, I think a lot of us think that God is some, uh, not God, I think a lot of us think that the enemy is some huge, uh, scary, powerful <clears throat> enemy. And we just, we get fearful of him and we're intimidated by him and we allow him to be something that's so big in our lives and in our minds when in reality, this is what I was thinking of whenever I was thinking of the enemy last night before I went to bed. He's like full of air. He's literally an airhead. Like he, he boasts about how powerful he is, but we know who is the most powerful and that is God. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is all powerful. He is all knowing and the enemy is nowhere close to that. Satan is nowhere close to the infinite power of our God. And so I was thinking last night about how, like, if he's full of air, I don't know if you've ever known, if you've ever seen this before, but cotton candy can be so big and it's so round. But when you put cotton candy in water, it like immediately dissolves into this tiny, tiny, tiny little puddle of color. That's the way we need to be looking at the enemy. The enemy is so small, but what he does is with his pride and with his boasting and with his lying and deceit, he can make himself so big in your life. But when you have the living water of Jesus Christ and you have the truth that sets you free, you're able to apply that truth to the enemy, which I'm using as cotton candy. I know that's so funny. But you can apply that truth, that living water, and it shrinks the enemy down into something that is nothing. The enemy's lies are literally nothing. And here's what I want to tell you today. Just like God used David, just like God used David and used that sword of Goliath, the enemy's tool to destroy us, God is saying to you today, you need to recognize that whatever the enemy is throwing at you, whatever tactic the enemy is attacking you with, you need to use that tactic against the enemy. And here's what I mean by that. If the enemy is attacking your marriage, 
it is because your marriage is worth attacking. And what do you need to do? You need to absolutely bring all of your marriage to the Father and allow the Father to strengthen your marriage so that you can attack the enemy and use your testimony of how your marriage has overcome the enemy. And you can use your marriage to um, speak to other people. You can use your marriage to bring children in and to give them wholeness and to love them and to show them the Father's love. You can <clears throat> use your motherhood. If your motherhood is being attacked, by the enemy with lies and making you feel discouraged, making you feel like what you're doing is not good enough. Uh, uno reverse on the enemy. Excuse me. You're only attacking my motherhood because you know that it is worth something that the Lord has given me. Right? So with your motherhood, you say, God, I'm giving you my motherhood because listen, it wasn't in David's strength that he overcame the enemy with the enemy's sword. It was not because David was strong enough to pick up Goliath's sword and to cut off his head. But whenever he said, God, out of everyone, you can use me. God said, you know what? I'm going to use you, David, to have the strength to pick up that sword that was supposed to kill you. And you are going to defeat the enemy. So I want you to... <clears throat> I had another example too. Uh, your dreams. Maybe the Lord has given you. I've been talking about this so much. I feel like the Lord has really been focusing um, on speaking to me about dreams and how what God has birthed in you or what God has implanted in you with dreams of um, being a speaker one day or being a mother one day or writing that book or singing or having that ministry. Do not allow the enemy to smother that dream and do not allow that dream to die. God is a God of life and he will absolutely sustain your dream. He will absolutely sustain the passion that he has given you. So if your dreams are being attacked by the enemy, in a reverse, no. The enemy knows that your dreams are powerful because they are authored by God. And he knows that if you are successful with your dreams, that he is going to lose another soul to the kingdom or to the kingdom of Satan to hell. Right? So what you need to be doing is you need to say right now, draw the line in the sand and say, God, I know that the enemy is attacking this area of my life because he knows that it is valuable and he knows that God is going to use this in my life. He knows that if I, I oh no, hello, I hope y'all can see me. Okay, well, hello, can anybody see me? I don't know what the last thing I said was. That really sucks. Or that stinks. Okay. Thank you, Tammy. Okay. So basically what I was saying is, <clears throat> man, I don't know what I, what I didn't say. I'll just reiterate this. <clears throat> I will just reiterate this to you all. The enemy, if there's anything you need to get from this lesson today, it's this. The enemy knows your worth. The enemy is intimidated by your potential, okay? He is intimidated by the thought of you and God working together for the advancement of the kingdom of God, okay? He is intimidated by that. 
And he is going to do everything in his power to absolutely try to annihilate all of your dreams, your motherhood, your sisterhood, your marriage. He is going to try to do everything in his power to stop you from advancing in the kingdom of God because he knows that if you keep advancing, that he is going to be destroyed. Listen to me clearly, very clearly. You do have the power. With Jesus Christ, you do have the ability, you do have the authority to stop the enemy in his tracks and say, you know what? You have been attacking me with this for way too long. And now I realize you're attacking me with this because I am going to advance in the kingdom of God in this area. If I stop you, if I persevere, if I keep going in this area. So recognize right now what is worthy of protecting. Right? What is, what is the thing that the enemy is attacking you with? Because whatever that thing is, that is worth sowing into. That is worth, um, putting more effort in. Okay. And I really lost my track whenever I stopped, whenever this live stream stopped. But I hope that that makes sense for you today. I want you to just, if you receive that, I want you to, you don't have to type, I received that, but I want you to just, in your mind, out loud, whatever you need to do, I want you to make the decision today saying, I am going to not allow the enemy. I'm stopping right now. I'm stopping. Um, oh, man, what's the word? I am not. I am no longer going to compromise. That's what I'm meaning. I'm no longer going to compromise with the enemy. I'm no longer going to allow the enemy to fill my mind up with this cotton candy sized lie that really is something that is so small and minute, okay? Allow the living water today to bring truth to you so that you can see how small the enemy is in your life. I heard a, a preacher one time say that they think they see the enemy as plankton in SpongeBob. Tiny little green plankton. And his voice is so loud in your life. But he's so small. Don't allow this small little enemy to control everything in your life. You are in the hands of a big God who loves you, who is infinite in all his ways. Whatever you have is not too big for him, I can promise you. All right? So, Father, I thank you so much for this word. I thank you so much that you do encourage your children. And, Father, we repent right now for allowing the enemy to steal our worship from you. We repent right now for allowing the enemy to steal um, the fruit of our motherhood, to steal the fruit of our sisterhood, to steal the fruits of our ministry, of our dreams. Lord, we repent right now for allowing the enemy to distract us from um, advancing in your kingdom, from what you have called us to do. Lord, and I'm asking that you would set a fire in us, that you would keep the flame burning in our heart, Lord. We don't want this revival fire to go out. But, Father, we say do whatever you have to do for us to stay with you. We love your presence. We love you, Jesus. Use us. We know that we are little like David. But, Father, you can use us so mightily. So, if you are with me, why don't you just raise your hands and say, Father, use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I know I'm not much. I know that I am so little. I know that I am not all-powerful. But, Father, I will be obedient to you. And that's all he needs is your obedience. All right. I love you all very much. Have a great Wednesday. And I know that Brittany's going to have a great word for you this afternoon. I apologize again for not having a live last night. I just, 
I don't know. I just completely forgot. I think thought about it all day long. So love you all. Be encouraged. I'll see you tonight, hopefully. Bye-bye.